Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. My name is Austin Gale, PFF underscore Austin Gale on Twitter. I'm here with my guy, Kevin Cole, the mastermind behind one of PFF's highest performing pieces every offseason, the improvement index for all 32 teams locked to edge and elite subscribers. You can get your subscription for promo code FREEAGENCY30. Now through the end of the week, Free Agency 30 saves you 30% off any PFF subscription. Kevin, great to have you on the pod. Uh, great to be here. Let's talk some free agency. Let's talk some betting. You know, we, we got to get some betting in. It's been <laughs> everyone is uh, is is suffering after having this this layoff since the the Super Bowl. So let, let's figure out if we can put some money on some 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 uh, some action this offseason. I'm looking at the AFC East right now, according to the Improvement Index, and I think you do great work on that. And I think the Patriots have paid dearly to be this team, but according to the Improvement Index, they are the most improved team with the additions they've made. Obviously, adding Jonu Smith. Hunter Henry, Matthew Judon, bringing Cam Newton back. They've made a lot of moves, spent a lot of money, over $135 million in guaranteed money, the second most we've ever seen from a team in a single offseason, in a single free agency, to be the most improved team, according to the index right now. How much do you feel like this actually moves their win total and potentially, obviously, their percentage chance to win the division, win the AFC East in 2021? Yeah, I mean, the thing with it is I think some of this improvement was expected. Some of it that's built into there is the fact that uh, Dante Hightower is coming back. Some of the other opt-outs were coming back. So that would have already been priced in a bit. Everyone knew they had all this cash, so that was already priced in. What they were going to do at quarterback, I think people didn't quite know, although Cam Newton coming back probably doesn't help that much. So if you look at them right now, I'm seeing them right now as being slightly longer odds than the Dolphins, second in that division. I think most people would have the Dolphins quite a bit in front after their impressive, uh, uh, you know, their impressive win streak last year, after the fact that they've, they finished pretty strong, they almost really almost made the playoffs. So the fact that it's pretty close, I don't know, there may still be like a Belichick premium built into it. Like we saw last season where they basically had the same odds as the bills during most of the off season, even though we didn't know what they were going to do at quarterback. So looking at symbol, which is a new partner for PFF, they're right now priced at $28 and 85 cents to compare to some other teams in the AFC East bills at $39 dolphins at 36 96. And then you have the jets at 1969. So third place in price on symbol and that's S I M B U L L. It's where you can kind of invest in futures in a different way. You know, you're investing in a price point for a team and you know, you get different benefits as the team wins more games or as perception of the team increases. It hasn't, increased enough to get ahead of the Dolphins. And that's been my thing. Not only are they not as good as the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, to win the AFC East, I still don't think they've made enough headway to surpass the Miami Dolphins. And I know the quarterback position in Miami, a lot of question marks around Tua Tungabailoa's development. But do you think these moves have comfortably put the Patriots number two behind the Bills? Or do you, think, or do you still think they're battling with the Miami Dolphins to win that division? Yeah, I think they're pretty close to to the Dolphins at this point. Now, if you want to talk about some some arbitrage, it sounds like on on symbol it was a much bigger gap between the Dolphins and the Patriots than there are in these betting markets. So I would tend to think the betting markets would be a little bit more reliable, being that uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's kind of more of a history for for what's behind it. So I think the Patriots are close. So if you're going to look to to, to play somewhere where you're going to see a huge gap, like you saw there, we said, I think you said it was 36 down in, in as opposed to in the 20s for the Patriots. I like that. I like that. I think it's still possible the Patriots can put everything together. And what you're really counting on is not just that the Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa is not going to be as good as you think. 
but hey, maybe Josh Allen has a reg- has a regression in this year. You know, he's he's going to regress in some way. I don't think he can put up that same performance. But we still have one good year of Josh Allen to two bad years of Josh Allen. So there's some hope there too that things can go bad in Buffalo. Another team I want to talk about is the Washington football team. I've been kind of in love with the moves they've made this offseason. Obviously, adding Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year, I think, ten million dollar deal, or worth up to ten million dollars. Also signed. One of the big name cornerbacks on the open market, former Cincinnati Bengals cornerback, William Jackson III, a guy that was a PFF darling in 2017. We haven't seen that level of play from him since, but still a very talented player, perfect for a man coverage scheme. And I'm sort of like, like this Washington football team secondary. You have William Jackson and Kendall Fuller on the outside, Jimmy Moreland, and I think uh, James Madison from the slot, Cameron Curl, a high-performing rookie from a year ago, and then obviously Landon Collins at the other safety position. They're right now the number two team behind the Patriots in terms of the improvement index on pff.com. I still don't know if they can compete with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, but I still think they've made some moves to really improve this team and at least make this season fun to watch for football fans with Ryan Fitzpatrick replacing Alex Smith. Yeah. I mean, I'm in total agreement there. I think people don't really understand how much league average quarterback play could help a team like the Washington football team because of the fact that going into the season, you know, Alex Smith has been released. He was, he was comeback player of the year last year, but let's not say that he was, he was great. You know, he was just giving them a better than replacement level performance. They had Kyle Allen. They have, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke, who knows where we're going to get from him, but bringing in Fitzpatrick, who was, he was really, really good last season. He was okay the year before for the dolphins, but if he can hit that high end of his outcomes, he's a high variance type of player he's willing to throw the ball around a lot it gives them a whole new dynamic where they could win games offensively and not just have to rely on the defense because i think that's the concern with them is defensive performance not the stickiest thing year over year are they going to be able to play as well as they did defensively last year uh the point differential i think they were about point plus six plus seven on the season so they were basically an eight and eight team uh they should have a much better offense this year so if they can get up to you know, I guess this year would be 10 and seven or something like that and make the playoffs, then that could be an interesting team. Looking at the Washington, you know, Washington football team in the NFC East on symbol, that's Dallas Cowboys leading the way at $34.78. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles at 24.10, Sim Giants at 23.99. I guess second place in the division, but with a significant gap between them and the Dallas Cowboys at $25 is the Washington football team. Do you think there's that big of a gap? between the football team and the Dallas Cowboys. I know Dak Prescott looked fantastic, and you have to expect that he returns from that injury and you can't bank on him getting injured again. That, a, lot of it, a lot of that is variance with bad luck. Do you think there's that big of a gap between the Ryan Fitzpatrick-led football team and the Dak Prescott-led Dallas Cowboys? Where do you see betting markets right now with the NFC East? PFF is partnered with Symbol. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L. The stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off of your favorite teams. NFL free agency is here and whoever lands a top of the market player will be sure to see their team stock rise. Definitely go check out what the, obviously what the, um, Indianapolis Colts have been doing, adding Carson Wentz. There's going to add some volatility. I think the Panthers are rumored to grab Deshaun Watson, maybe jump in on the Sim Panthers before that trade ultimately gets done. Fade the Chicago Bears, maybe fade the New Orleans Saints. There's going to be a lot of teams moving up and down in free agency. Use promo code PFF and deposit $10 at symbol.app slash PFF to earn, free, to earn a free PFF elite annual subscription. That's promo code PFF with a $10 deposit at symbol.app slash PFF to earn a free edge or no elite annual subscription. 
Yeah, you know, I really don't think there's that big of a gap. If we're looking at, I'm just looking at DraftKings right here, what they have going on at their sports book. So the Cowboys are plus 100, which means it's a 50-50 shot. They think there's a 50% chance that amongst the four teams, they win the division. Uh, Washington football team is at plus 300, so that's a 25% chance. I like that. I like the, them at that number. Uh, the Eagles are 425 plus 425, and then the the Giants are down at plus 500. So plus 500 is saying there's about a 16% chance, and then with the Eagles, it's a little bit under 20%. So that's not a big difference between Washington and the and, and Philadelphia or New York. And I think there's really should be much more of a gap there. There should be a, a bigger tiering going on there. And I kind of I see really Washington being close to in the same tier as Dallas, as opposed to Dallas being in its own tier and everyone else below. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you there. I know another team I wanted to touch on, then you want to uh, jump to the Arizona Cardinals and maybe even look at the NFC South and what has happened there this offseason. But I want to bring up the New York Jets. You know, Robert Salah has really done a lot of good things. Joe Douglas as well, in terms of bringing in Corey Davis on a very modest deal. I think Corey Davis signed a three-year $37.5 million deal, puts him right outside the top 20 in average salary given per year among the wide receivers. And Carl Lawson, one of the better pass rushers on the market, only paying him $15 million a year on a three-year $45 million contract. Jared Davis signing one-year prove-it deal for a former first-rounder. I don't think that one. I do think the Jets have made some moves, and according to your improvement index, the third most improved team, and still have the number two overall pick, can still make an upgrade at the position. It's a loaded AFC East. We've talked about you know the Patriots. We've talked about the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, but still a step in the right direction for the New York Jets. Oh, yeah, definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, I think we're also seeing investment, but not over-investment, not going crazy right here, not uh, you know, letting it all out of the holster at this point. I think they're going to want to carry over some money even into 2022 if they're going to be responsible here. Having, a, a, let's say, a rookie quarterback, which we kind of presume they're going to go to in the draft, having that, you're not going to necessarily want to push everything in to win here up front in this year. And I think it's really about building around the quarterback a little bit more. I mean, if Denzel Mims can stay healthy, he, he can play well there. Uh, you have Jameson Crowder, who's still going to be back. You add into the mix, Corey Davis, you're really filling up at least competency around, around the quarterback position. I think that's going to be really, really important. You get the edge rusher to go with Quentin Nelson. Uh, I mean, Quentin, uh, um, you have to help me out here. What I forgot is I forgot is uh, Quinn Williams. Sorry, in in the middle there. So you have all of that, all of that going together defensively. I mean, I think it's really interesting. You know who they're going to choose with that second overall pick. Zach Wilson's become an overwhelming favorite to be that second pick. Do you agree with that, or do you think a Trey Lance or Justin Fields could sneak in there? I think you know Zach Wilson's the overwhelming favorite for a reason. I know there are a lot of trusted quarterback analysts, including Chris Sims, that see him as the best quarterback in this draft, even ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So I do think that the Jets will either pull the trigger on Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. From what I've heard, it sounds like Justin Fields will be the odd man out there, maybe slipping past you know the top three, top four picks. But something I want to bring up, I keep bringing up Symbol, obviously a big partner, big sponsor of PFF. Jets are only $19.69 on symbol. That's one of the lowest ranked teams. Texans are two cents cheap or more expensive than the Jets. And I do think you're going to see that number come up. They won't win the division. You can't bet on them maybe to win the division. I think that would be bad money to spend. But I do think that the Jets outperforming that outcome compared to some of the other teams that are in similar price ranges. I think the Jets are, are value at least on symbol if you're looking to invest in one of these sim teams. You want to talk about the Cardinals. Signed A.J. Green, signed J.J. Watt. 
obviously traded a third round pick for 32 year old center, Rodney Hudson, who is not arguably definitely been the best center over the past decade, at least from the pass blocking perspective. What's your opinion of their future uh, in the NFC West? Yeah, I mean, I think the Cardinals have to be one of the bigger stories of this offseason. I mean, it starts with J.J. Watt. Um, and then, as you mentioned, giving up a third-round pick. And they basically gave up a third-round pick for Rodney Hudson. I know that they're getting back a seventh-round pick there. But, you know, seventh-round picks, they may not even be as good as just going ahead and getting an undrafted free agent at that point in the draft. So that's a huge investment. And, you know, you know Hudson's an older player, too. So they're really trying to push the chips in at this point, I think, to see if they can cash in on success with Kyler Murray now in the rookie contract going into his third year. They're going to hope for a Josh Allen-esque breakout here in the third year for that offense as a whole. Uh, A.J. Green, again, maybe not my favorite selection there, but they are making an investment and they're continuing to make an investment there. And if you look at the NFC West, I think it's pretty clearly the toughest division in the NFL with Matthew Stafford coming over there with the 49ers all getting healthy now. And if you look at the odds there, you have the Rams at plus 175, the Niners at 200, the Seahawks at 300, and the Cardinals trailing pretty far down at plus uh, 550. So it's hard. It's, it's a tough division, but it, at a 15% basically implied probability for the Cardinals, I think that there's something that's interesting there because the Seahawks are a little bit fragile right now. We don't know what we're going to get out of the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo there and the Rams, you know, you're bringing in Matthew Stafford, but if you look at how they performed in the in the improvement index. They were out in front at the beginning, but they've been slowly trickling down further and further and further as they've been bleeding out some players like John Johnson and others. And they're giving up really huge, huge, huge contracts to some other players who probably don't deserve it, like Leonard Floyd. So I think there could be some problems in LA and maybe the Cardinals can sneak in and compete for that division title. Last two teams I want to bring up here before we break. Uh, I really do think that, you know, the New Orleans Saints, you know, people think that the salary cap is a myth and, and Mickey Loomis is a wizard. You look at the improvement index, they are the least, imp or no, right behind the Detroit Lions or right ahead of the Detroit Lions and the improvement index of being one of the least improved teams. Obviously lost a ton of snaps, lost a ton of players due to cap casualties to keep some of their core talent, like, Mike, like Michael Thomas, like Cameron Jordan. They're in a very bad cap situation, can't aggressively improve in free agents see there are some people buying in to Sean Payton, what he can do with a combination of Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. But a lot of me wants to fade the new Orleans saints in the betting markets. We probably won't see win totals from certain markets until this, the NFL aligns on whether it's going to be a 16 or 17 game season, but I'm definitely not looking at looking at them as the dark horse to win in the NFC South. I like what the, what the Panthers have done, especially with them rumored maybe to go get Deshaun Watson a lot more. Obviously Tampa Bay has made some power moves, retaining their guys. I just can't get on board with the saints in 2021. Yeah, yeah. If you look at right now, they're second behind the Bucks, who are pretty clear favorite. I mean, the Bucks are over 50% implied odds to, to win that division, but the Saints are next at almost 30%. And then if you go down to the, the Panthers are, are after that, and they are about 16%, and then you go way, way down to the Atlanta Falcons. And the question with the Falcons, I think, is what is their game plan for this year? We saw the restructure with Matt Ryan. They are locked in to Matt Ryan, not only this year, but next year, unless they, unless they're just going to take some insanely massive cap hit because it's going to be, you know, 40 million or more next season to do something like that, to get out of that. So I think there's a couple of implications there. Number one, in one fell swoop, they've, they've gotten rid of their, their cap problem. So maybe they can try to press forward a little bit here. And I think that gives them an advantage. So I'm interested in Atlanta 
And another thing that I saw is one of the few draft props, uh, the interesting draft props that they have on there on a particular player at DraftKings is they have who is going to draft Justin Fields. And the Aladdin Falcons are number one at plus 250 there. I don't know if that can happen now based upon what they have done here with the restructure on Matt Ryan. I don't know if that, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's even an option for them to think about drafting fields. So if that doesn't happen, maybe there's another team you can look at on a bet to, to choose who's going to end up with fields. If it's not the Atlanta Falcons. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the PFF daily betting podcast. Make sure to go to PFF.com. Take advantage of that promo code free agency 30, save 30% off any PFF subscription and go check out symbol. Interesting website. Not a lot of users right now. I think there's a lot of volatility in the markets and also a lot of value in the markets on Symbol right now. Definitely go check that out. Austin Gale, Kevin Cole, the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.